Raiders, Laura Gaga here, also known as Reduction Raider. How you all doing? Hope you've had a good week. Raiders, men are like buses. You don't see them for a few episodes, then two arrive at the same time. In all seriousness, these guys are absolutely great and do innovative things for the surplus food world. So without further ado, let's welcome them on. Welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourselves? Uh, yes, so we are Paul and, well, I'm Paul. I'm James. And we are co-founders of foodcirclesupermarket.co.uk, um, based here in Sheffield, in way up north in South Yorkshire, Laura. Um, and very, very quickly, Food Circle Supermarket is a surplus food retailer. So we literally buy on purpose food that's really short dated sometimes even out of date past best before date that is um and we sell it um for amazing offers at amazing prices on the internet and get it delivered directly to people's doors that was that's that's pretty much as simple as i can describe it laura yeah sound about right james (laughs) i couldn't put it better myself yeah very concise thank you um and I, I'm uh, 30 years old. I'm Paul, 30 years old, born and bred in Sheffield. Um, we started the business almost four years ago. It was uh, 12, 12th of January 2018 we launched. Um, and yeah, we've, we've actually just sent out our 100,000th order. Or literally today it's gone out. Um, so that gives you an idea of the sort of scale and the, the sort of um, amount of people that want to shop surplus food. Um, which is absolutely amazing and is sort of what our goal was when we first started. Um, so, yeah, that's that's us. Well, how did it come about then? I'll take that one, shall I? Yeah. So, uh, Paul and I actually worked together uh, before we started the business. Um, and we worked in the surplus food industry. So we worked for one of the biggest um, food redistributors in the country. Um, we started there as graduates. Um, I was 21 at the time. Paul would have been 23, a bit older. And um, we um, we started there as graduates, helping the business development team acquire new business, bring on new um, new brands and new factories to to sell surplus food to the company that we worked for called Company Shop. Um, and we sort of uh, worked our way up the ranks, really. Uh, there we progressed together, and and after a few years, we sort of decided to go out on our own and start a business. And um, you know, you, you when you're trying to start a business, you think of all different ideas and usually the the one that you should go for is the one that's sort of staring you in the face because that's where your experience is so we decided to do something in the area that we we had experience in we knew that we could um speak to food manufacturers and speak the language of food and source these products um the hard bit was um finding an audience and finding a customer base to to sell it to uh, ultimately so that took us quite a while to get going actually on that front um but straight away we were able to sort of um use the skills that we'd got to to buy stock from from brands and from manufacturers um it was just a case of learning the the e-commerce side of it and the 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 b2c customer um facing side of it really so so yeah the idea sort of came from from our experience really and our careers that we were already in uh, and we decided to just sort of go it alone and put our own slant on it really and do it on the internet yeah yeah it was uh it was a big issue. We saw lo- the amount of surplus food, as you know, going to waste. Law is unbelievable. Like we saw just, you know, 
that we went to manufacturers that were throwing away fully branded stuff on pallets, ready to go out, going literally go into the bin, going to animal feed sometimes, going to anaerobic digestion, sometimes to landfill. And now that's hopefully that's pretty much gone now in the industry. It's in the big manufacturers anyway. Um, but that was happening a few years ago when we were doing it. So we had this big problem, surplus food. We knew how to source it. And then we knew how where that people wanted to buy it. Have you heard of Company Shop, by the way, Laura? No, I haven't. That's the first time I've heard of it. So, so yeah, they're like a they're a surplus food store, really. But um, it's it's like a soup, like going into a supermarket, really. But everything's surplus food, and you need like a membership card to get in. Um, so yeah, we we saw we sourced the stock for them to sell in their stores. Um, and they're amazing business. And we were like, well, imagine how cool it would be if we could do that on the internet um, and people could shop surplus food directly to their doors. And I know there's great companies that do that um, in some sense, but we wanted to go, let's make it like healthy food, like protein bars and healthy snacks and things like that, uh, where people can make a saving as well because you can get it at a discount um, and save food from going to waste at the same time. But we just didn't know what we were doing marketing-wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to ask. You mentioned James B to C. Was it B to C front facing? Like, what does yeah. that mean? Okay, so that. Sorry, I'm uh, speaking business speak um, uh, without explaining myself, which is not very good for a, uh, a podcast. But uh, what I mean by that is the the customer facing side of it. So, um, you know, retailing products, um, pricing products, creating a website that's user friendly you know, interacting with customers, doing customer service, all that sort of stuff is all the business to consumer side. Because we we sell products to just ordinary people, you know, you and I. Anyone can log on to our website and and buy buy our stock. So um yeah, so that that's the part that we didn't really have the the experience in the the retail side of it, the online retail. So um yeah, that was a big challenge for us initially. But like Paul said, we um we'd worked in the industry and seen the the amount of food uh, going to waste and you know you can't work in that sort of industry in that sector without having a passion for it um, and because you see the amount of food that's being wasted and and anybody that, that sees what happens in the industry would be sort of um, you know it'd be a challenge not to feel strongly about that morally and environmentally and everything like that um, so yeah it was, it, it's something that we we um, very quickly once we got into that industry you know cared about and wanted to pursue when we went into business as well and I love the videos I mean they're mainly of Paul but trying the products uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> on Instagram they're great yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got more of a face for radio so I tend to uh, just do it when he's not here <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I mean, you mentioned it being sort of healthy food. Like, what is your current relationship with food look like? What does uh, it look like? Uh, it looks like I've actually, do you know what? About 10 years ago, I was saying this uh, to one of our employees the other day, who's like um, 20. I was saying, when I was your age, I wouldn't touch half the food I eat now. Um, so, you know, I was like, I was like a child when I was about, I'm 30 now. So about 10 years ago, I was eating, you know, um, just no veg at all um you know uh the usual studenty sort of stuff um but you know nowadays i like to <laughs> I, I eat green beans which is amazing a big big step for me uh, um and my uh 
my fiance tries to make me um, have peppers and all this kind of thing, which I'm not a big fan of, but I just, you know, um, power through it. Um, you know, and just, I think as you grow old, get older, you do be open to having more foods. I used to not eat nuts and now I do. It's weird, isn't it? Asparagus I tried the other day. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sort of, like, I really enjoy um, indulging in food for certain um but i'm just trying to keep a balance really what about you james are you powering through the peppers no to be honest um i've i've sort of always been the opposite to what paul used to be when he was a bit younger so i've never really been that fussy um the only things i don't really like that i can think of are cucumber and olives other than that i can pretty much eat anything uh my my girlfriend calls me a dustbin because i'll just i'll just eat whatever's going um but um yeah I ju i've always been pretty good i like trying different cuisines uh, i actually went out for a turkish meal last night uh, which i really enjoyed you know nice. I, I just i just i do love food you know I, I i get enjoyment from it and i know some people see it as just fuel for your body which i do see it as that as well but I, i've always i've always enjoyed food and uh, i've never really had a problem with like vegetables or or anything like that i used to get forced to eat them as a kid so that's probably why i've been i've always been used to sort of um eating well um and i'm a lot more aware of sort of nutrition than i used to be as well um i don't i don't deny myself anything in particular like if i want a treat i'll i'll get one but i don't indulge all the time i think i've got quite a healthy balance which i'm, I'm obviously fortunate to have because because not everybody does um and i'm sort of aware of what's good and what's not so i'd say my current relationship with food is you know i try to eat as much fresh as possible um less processed stuff more veg you know try to incorporate veg in every meal that I, I sort of make for myself and and i think i've got more aware of what's good for the environment as well in terms of both food and packaging so if i'm walking around around Lidl or whatever i'll i'll i'll, I'll um bag up my own veg you know i'll get the loose fruit and veg rather than stuff that's in plastic or anything like that so yeah i feel like um i've always been good at eating food but i think i think about it a lot more now and i'm a lot more conscious with some of the choices that i make mm. i mean I, I definitely love eating but i think i identify far more with paul in that i was a really fussy eater um even into my yeah. 20s actually and i think yeah. i did eat, eat nuts but there was loads of things like i wouldn't eat and was extremely fussy or you know or might eat something one way but not in a different combination so i would eat cheese yeah. but i wouldn't have it in a burger and yeah, we... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I, I would never eat a salad i i, I couldn't i just wouldn't I, it's still now like i don't like white onions I only like red onions uh i don't like can't stand carrots can't stand broccoli cauliflower <laughs> i think i think the, i think the thing is you can you can make salad and you can make veg interesting um you you if you're just having plain salad, I agree. It's a bit, you know, it's not, it's not the best. But uh, you can you can make it more interesting. You know, you can put stuff on it and you know um, mix it with different ingredients. And you know, nuts might come into it. You know, I've had some good salads that have in incorporated nuts into them or fruit. You know, um, or you know certain dressings and stuff like that. You know, I've had some good salads and I've had some really boring salads. And what I tend to find works is, you know, if there's if there's added added ingredients in there to make it more interesting really so yeah so i guess if you're playing with sort of textures and flavors and and temperature yeah. as well you know like you can't beat a warm salad as well that's really nice because yeah. it's like 
Mm. But James, has there been much change then in like your past relationship with food to now? I mean, it sounds like it's been pretty consistent for you. Yeah, it has been pretty consistent. But I think I used to, um, I'd probably like deny myself sometimes, you know, like um, I'd be a little bit all or nothing on that front. Nothing, you know, extreme or anything like that. But, um, you know, I'd go through phases of being like, right, no no chocolate, no treats, no sugar, anything like that, rather than having that like balance that is, is more healthy and, and better for you mentally, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and, and I suppose another, another way that it's, <laughs> another way it's shifted as well is kind of environmentally, like I alluded to before. So I'm a lot less sort of red meat oriented than, than I used to be. I'm a lot more conscious on that front. You know, I can, I can eat meals without meat, you know, although I'm not vegetarian or anything like that. Um, and that's that's mainly environmental, really, and, and health related. That I'm, I'm sort of more conscious on that front. Mm. No, definitely not for me. Love steak. I had steak sandwich the other night. I, I just, I just enjoy it, Laura. I can't. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. I'm greedy as well. <laughs> greedy. Is uh, that what you're always the one doing those videos? Then? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just gotta be honest. Um, I like to just keep myself in in check by doing running and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm unbelievably greedy. But I mean, Paul, how the <laughs> how has your diet changed? I mean, it sounds like you're not as fussy as what you used to be. No. Although, although still a little bit fussy, you just gave us a whole list of vegetables that you don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> still, still a little bit fussy. Yeah, I'd have, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have things in in a meal. Like I, I don't enjoy green beans, but I'll have them if I'm eating, you know, other things like uh, I don't know, um, shepherd's pie or whatever. I'll have it in with everything else um, and just power through it. But yeah, it's definitely, honestly, I used to be like bad. Like I would never even touch veg and stuff like that. But I do, uh, I do have, I love, I have spinach and, and rocket and watercress in every day on a wrap and all that kind of thing. I actually do quite enjoy, to be fair, um, lettuce and stuff like that. I used to ask for no lettuce on Big Macs when I was younger um, <laughs> stuff like that. That's just, you know, plain Big Macs and stuff. Um that's bad, isn't it? You just you just made me you just made me think of something. Sorry, Laura, I don't want to take over and hijack, but don't you think it's interesting how different people actually eat the food differently as well? Like what order they eat it in, or how they eat it. So definitely, are you, yeah. are you are you like because because my, my brother like keeps everything separate. Like he'll eat one thing and then I don't do that. Thing and he like works around his plate, and he doesn't like food touching, and he doesn't like sort of sauce or any, anything like you know wet on his plate. What what are you two like in terms of like? Will you just get a fork full of everything and just eat that, or will you like yeah. be se- separate? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I just keep getting distracted by like Paul's nodding head or shaking head of now. I don't like that. <laughs> I do like this. I don't do that. Um, I mean, I used to have a friend that would eat in that way to so keep everything separate and eat one thing at a time. I mean. Like, I love mixing up food, but I think if there's something that may be my favourite, I might leave it till last. Like, I'm trying to think of an example now, but... Um... Say you're having, like, a, a fried breakfast. What, you know, what, what's your approach there? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. Well, supposed to, like, my fried breakfast, I'm vegan, so it'd be a vegan fried yeah. breakfast. So I would maybe concentrate on blocks of things. So I suppose if you had avocado, I'd concentrate on avocado being on the toast and the beans going with the sausages and maybe adding in some mushrooms and tomatoes. So a few things would be mixed and a few things would be separate. 
But I think because I love bread, I would maybe want to also save the toast till last. Like I'm yeah. like one of those. Yeah, and you can mop it up as well. I like to be able to mop things up. Yeah, yeah. I'm de- I'm definitely with you on that. Like eating combinations, but then having the best bits like last. You know, whatever that might be, whatever your favourite bits are, like keeping a bit of that back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think what things like I would keep. Like you know, like sometimes when you have a pizza, I like to eat from the crust in because obviously the ends <laughs> always better. But I do like a crust, but it's always better than. <laughs> The crust and, yeah. and I love the, the knobbly bits of bread, you know, like not everybody does, like the um, but I do so uh, yeah. But sometimes I can't resist, I would eat that first in a loaf and I'll even go and fish out the other end of the knobby bread because it's my favorite. But um, what does a vegan I actually had a large uh full English in Wetherspoons on Saturday morning, but what does uh, and it was amazing. What what does a vegan one look like, Laura? What do you have? <laughs> Um, we used to have fiddly sausages and avocado yeah. and baked beans, tomatoes, mushrooms, toast, um, yeah. maybe hummus. I mean, I suppose if I was at home, it would just depend on what I've got in. Um, could maybe do like a vegan egg using tofu or like a, um, they do like these egg substitutes now. I don't understand tofu. I don't. I, I had it in an. Um, I went to an amazing teppanyaki restaurant in Sheffield uh, called Wasabi Sabi a couple of weeks ago. It's absolutely unreal. And we have at the start you have a broth and it's got tofu in it. I don't get it. It doesn't taste of anything. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the beauty, Paul. It's a canvas. So oh, like, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's a canvas. So you know you could add flavors to it and um, yeah, yeah, dress it up. I, I really, I'm really into uh, vegetarian and vegan sausages. I, I no, don't, eat, I don't eat normal sausages now. I think they're really, really good. The ones you can get in supermarkets, I think they're brilliant. Have you, have you, have you always been vegan, Laura? Have you, have you? <laughs> I'm wondering who's interviewing who. <laughs> I'm just interested. Sorry, <laughs> take it over. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've not. I've um, been vegan three years, and but before that, I was vegetarian, and before that, I was pescatarian. So I think I stopped eating meat about six years ago, and then yeah, went through sort of gradual um, transitions before being vegan. But no, I mean, I grew up eating meat, and like what Paul's saying about only liking certain onions. Like if I got a burger in McDonald's, it couldn't have cheese in it, and I couldn't have like I'd like a quarter pounder, but I couldn't have those big onions it would have to be like hamburger yeah. onions and things mm. like that but yeah I mean I yeah grew up eating meat and grew up as a really sort of fussy eater um and sort of on quite a heavily processed diet as well you know like if my mum cooked she wasn't much of a cook and if she did it'd be things like fish fingers and waffles and beans um yeah. and I also couldn't cook growing up so it sort of took me I guess to maybe my late 20s really before I started really cooking mm. Mm. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that also makes a huge difference in how you eat as well, because I think actually sort of, um, I think part of the motivation for going, you know, sort of vegetarian and a vegan was, I mean, sort of definitely like animal welfare and sort of environmental effects. But I think also the idea of just being able to experiment in the kitchen and, you know, and sort of making things based on what you've, got as well so I do like I love that I think especially experimenting with vegetables and Mm. yeah and just making use of the foods that you have yeah Yeah. I'll tell you what was a big big turning point for me in my relationship with food actually um in my old job I went to an abattoir um and I found that 
a horrible experience to be honest and it it did have an effect on me a, a lasting effect in you know like i said before like red meat is a very 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 rare thing for me um nowadays um and that's that's played a big part of it yeah but that was grim <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it is grim. I mean, I'm only just laughing because Paul makes me giggle, but um, <laughs> like, it is absolutely awful. And but also, I do think sort of like being able to cook, even if it's just basic cooking, I think it's sort of a skill that is so valuable because I think that actually has an impact in like how you eat as well. You know, like like a work friend was saying recently that he wants to um, stop eating me but I mean you know what it sounds to me is like one of the difficulties is you know I was saying to him what do you eat on an average day and he doesn't cook he was saying he just puts things together and I think that when people eat meat then I guess it's like meat and two veg is easy enough to do but I think sort of when you take that out of the equation you really want to be dressing up veg I think rather than uh-huh. relying on substitutes all the time yeah you need to, you need to have skills in the kitchen to do make that transition i think really because otherwise you you're just taking something out and there's kind of probably something missing there i think so you've got to you've got to know how to cook good vegetarian or vegan food i think to to convert i would imagine oh, I, th- oh, I think so yeah i mean i think it makes things a bit more interesting doesn't it whereas i think otherwise maybe where people get stuck and actually i've heard this from another work friend sort of saying well you know, these substitutes are really expensive and, you know, but I think, well, if, you, if you're if you cooking, you don't have to rely on substitutes, you know, you can, um, I mean, I've had a huge pumpkin that I've been working my way through and it's been things like pumpkin risotto and pumpkin smoothies and savoury pumpkin pie and roasted pumpkin and I think, you know, and it's, um, mm. you know, and I mean, I don't think I'm an amazing cook, but I just think, you know, sort of willing to give it a go and, have given it a go over the years. I think when you can do that, it sort of, I don't know, it creates some food freedom, really. Yeah. I've never tried pumpkin, ever. Power through it, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I've never even tried it. Don't know what it's, it might, I quite, might quite enjoy it. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's your challenge then, yeah. uh, post podcast, is to power through a pumpkin. Yeah. I do like trying new stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'll have to give that a go. Sounds yeah. Nice. If, we, if we come on again, you need to have tried a pumpkin and you need to yeah, report back. Well, it's yeah. going to go out of pumpkin season, aren't we? <laughs> well, strike whilst the iron is hot. Yeah, I'll yeah. try. But okay. so, what do you guys? What do you guys sort of rate yourself on when it comes to food ways? What do you think you do well? Uh, well, having a big appetite like me lends itself to uh, to not wasting much food. Uh, but also, um, I'm. What was I? Uh, I did. Um, uh a yellow obviously we're talking to the yellow sticker legend um i did i've done a couple of videos on tiktok where we go to the tesco look at the yellow sticker bit um and i was saying on there i think people go there and they see like a big chicken that's on, on its use by date um and don't realize take it home and put it in the freezer something like that i think people think you gotta have it on its date um so stuff like that is just and, and bread as well i don't know why people refuse because people say oh bread doesn't last long you know, it goes mouldy dead easy. I keep mine in the freezer, mate. Um, and just take it out when it take a couple of slices out when I need it. Put it in yeah, the toast I, or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. But yeah, yeah, it's becoming, um, you know, obviously running a surplus food business, it's, it's always on our minds and stuff. Um, and yeah, especially recycling stuff. If it, you know, if we talk about recycling, I drive my um, fiance absolutely mental with recycling. I'm, I'm obsessed. 
um, with it. Um, packaging, recycling. Um, I was actually uh, speaking of Tesco. Have you seen the plus the uh, paper bags they've got for fruit and veg now instead of a plastic thing? Yeah, no, great. I've not. I need to look out yeah. for these. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I noticed that the other day. Um, so, and I think there's there's things to be positive about actually in in recycling and stuff. It feels like a lot of doom and gloom at the minute with climate change and stuff. But we've you know there's been huge strides taken, hasn't there? Um, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, I'd say rate ourselves pretty highly on it. Um, well, myself anyway. And, and my yeah, household. I was, was going to say, I think, you know, our biggest credential between us is that we, uh, we run a surplus food business that takes, you know, potentially wasted food and makes sure it reaches people, uh, which it should do. So I think that's, that's my sort of, that's the number one tick in the box for me. I would rate myself, but you know, other things like what Paul said, you know, don't waste anything um, if you can help it. Utilize the freezer for leftovers and and freeze stuff as you buy it, or at least before it's used by date to to make it last longer. Um, and the bread thing is absolutely spot on because bread takes an instant to uh, defrost when you take it out. If you take out a couple of slices, you know, in five ten minutes, you you know you you wouldn't even know it's been been frozen. In you know, in most cases, I find. Um, and yeah, I've I've got quite a small fridge as well, so I can't really excess buy, which uh, you know can be limiting in some ways. But actually, um, it's probably helpful in terms of food waste because you don't lose anything down the back that you've sort of bought and and not used up, and it's gone gone mouldy or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think um, you know I do try and look in reduced sections as well, like yourself. I'm not as obviously as um, as uh, good at it as you are, but you know picking picking that stuff out because. Sometimes it is a little bit squashed or a little bit, you know, the um, packaging might be a little bit, you know, worse for wear or whatever, but there's nothing wrong with the food inside and that's, you know, it should be eaten. That's what it's been made for. And um, a lot of energy and, um, you know, all that sort of thing has gone into making it. So, um, you know, it's ridiculous that, that it gets wasted in a lot of cases when it shouldn't do. Uh. And what are your sort of surplus food customers like then? Because you seem to really engage with people on Instagram and I've seen from Instagram that you have like stuff that is like bestsellers. Like I know that those sort of, is it the Love Raw bars that seem to be popular and you always sort of do an announcement when you've got, you know, sort of regular things in and... Yeah, it's people love it, Laura, honestly. Do you know at the start of this year we didn't uh, sell... We made a decision at the start of the year to sell beyond best before date because we always had the assumption people weren't ready for it and people didn't want to. Um, <clears throat> then we looked at ourselves and thought, how can we be a surplus food retail and not sell beyond this arbitrary date? That so much waste is is because of it, uh, because of best before dates creates an unbelievable amount of needless waste. Um, and we've been amazed at how popular it is. People absolutely love buying past best before date stuff. Um, for example, we just actually just got this on my desk. We we're just literally putting the listing on some protein bars. They go out of date 30th of November, which is next week. So we've literally just bought them in, and people will know the date on them. People um, willingly want to buy stuff that's past its date because they know that it's going to be totally fine for for months. Um, you know, it takes months for stuff past its best before date to decline in quality. Um, so I think we've seen. I don't think we would have been able to do that a few years ago, to be honest. I think we're just seeing more people be open to buying stuff that's really short dated or past its best before because there's just um, more of education on it, um, which we try to join as well to educate people on what it is. Um, 
even use by dates you know some, sometimes milk that's gone past its use by is fine for like two or three days just give it a smell or whatever and it smells all right it'll be fine do you know what i mean um, yeah absolutely i think we don't sort of rely on our senses enough do we you know and um and i think food often has a way of telling us when it's gone bad you know through sort of smell or sight and taste but have your customers always been sort of so responsive then to buying surplus foods I think so. Yeah, we we when we were setting up the business, we we agonised over like um, <laughs> wording on our website and uh, you know the the look and feel of our branding and stuff like that because we were very conscious that we wanted to make this front and centre of what we do. Um, we wanted to make sure that customers know what what it is that they're um, they're getting into really, which not only helps uh, them because they they know what they're getting and they know how they're contributing to this um to helping with this problem and it helps the brands as well because um you know a lot of brands are sensitive about the fact that we're selling you know their their products their brands at a discounted rate um and if we if which we have tried to be if we're really open and transparent about the fact that it's surplus and you know it's probably short dated which we have been from day one um it it doesn't create an image problem for them as much as it might do if we were just saying we're selling this at five pound when it should be a tenner uh come and buy it um you know we've we've sort of deliberately set ourselves up to be to take the the emphasis off the discount you know it's great we, you know we can save people some money and and that's that's a great perk of it but we've made the central sort of um main thing that we stand for a surplus food side of it really um and i think people have always engaged with it we've we've had the odd person that's maybe not not looked into us enough or not known about it and they've been you know shocked or whatever but even those people generally if they don't understand it to start with when you explain it to them um they're very on board and you know think it's um a great thing so yeah i think and like paul said i think people's attitudes have, have shifted as well over time i think people are a lot more used to um buying surplus food they're a lot more used to um keeping things or eating things that are close to the best before date or even even past the best before date um and i think education is grown with it which is just good for us all really there's anything that you want to do more of when it comes to reducing food waste like personally or professionally yeah i'd, I'd love it to do chilled food and frozen absolutely it's just a massive um uh a huge a logistical issue i mean there's companies that do it like obviously hello fresh and stuff not surplus but they ship um and muscle food and companies like that ship you know chilled food but i'd love us to do that I'd l i want us to open shops as well i said this to james yesterday i'd love us to actually i would love us to be one you know the first surplus food supermarket on the high street 100 percent surplus food you go in there you can buy because it's legal to buy past best before date stuff so there's nothing stopping us doing that um <clears throat> you know it's like on the high street it's your surplus food shop um how are you feeling about this james uh it's a dream, it's a dream at the moment it's not that yeah we, it's one of my wacky ideas we we set ourselves up on the internet very very deliberately so um running a shop sounds like a whole new ball game to me but you never know um to be honest in business you've got to be you've got to adapt and you know you've got to respond to what people want and you know it's something that we might try definitely
I mean, I definitely would want to see it happen. I'm gutted that I'm not in Sheffield, but I definitely yeah. would wa- would want to see it happen. I say make Paul's dream a reality. Yeah. Look, are you in London, Laura? I am, yeah. Whereabouts yeah, in London yeah. are you? I am in northwest London. Northwest? Yeah. Yeah. London would be perfect. If, if I was to pick a place to do it, it would be London, definitely, but it's just too far away for us. Um, I think London would be great for it. Oh, what's this space? No, that would be class, but it's just... Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm yeah. uh, I'm apprehensive about it, but never say never. I think uh, I know you look a bit panicked, James. And I, <laughs> we're plotting now. It's like uh, all announcing things that we've not even uh, decided to do for the world. No, it's true. It's what I'd like us to do. It's a dream. It's something I'd like us to, and it'd help more food go to work. We'd be able to sell stuff that we can't now. Um, but yeah, chilled food is one of mine anyway. But it's it's very difficult. Yes. What about you, James? No, I agree, like, growing the business and bringing on more brands and all that sort of thing to help um, help them with their surplus food. Um, that's that's the main main thing I can do because that's kind of at scale, really, mm. you know. Um, but there are things in my own life personally as well, like, you know, I'd like to plan and prepare meals more, you know, uh, prepare stuff in advance and portion it out and stuff like that, not only because it saves time and it's more convenient and stuff like that, but... Um, just just in general for you know um for food waste reasons so that you're using stuff when it's when it's fresh and you can you can freeze it and then it's just great for like months on end um and more yellow sticker as well definitely like i i, I do awesome. utilize it but um I, I do need to do more of that for sure do you, do you know what i want to see laura as well you know the yellow <laughs> yellow sticker aisles. If I and I've said I even said this to a director at Sainsbury's because I did a talk at this uh, dinner actually in London and there was a director of Sainsbury's watching and in, in uh, at the event and I said to them I'd love them. It's such an easy win for the retailers to take the yellow sticker aisle, tidy it up a bit, brand it as surplus food or whatever. Or put, we've got a section called Perfectly Good. That's what we call our best past best before something snappy like that. Instead of it looks knackered, it looks messy. It's always a mess, isn't it? And it's like, and yeah. the big yellow sticker just gives it, I know I try and like um, give it a better image, but it's got that image of, oh yeah, it's going out of date. It's going to be bad quality. They need to, it's such no, an I easy win for them. I completely agree. And I, but I sort of feel like, I mean, I don't know why they don't do that. I do wonder whether some mm. of it is um, sort of a little bit political, a lot, you know, sort of around not wanting to lose profits. I'm not sure yeah. because like you said, it's... I think the only time you really sort of see yellow stickers is when they're getting a bad press, you know, because people are yeah. fighting down aisle two or, you know, um, blueberries are getting thrown around. You know, I only really sort of see them in the public eye. Well, a lot, you know, not only, yeah. but a lot of the time it sort of seems to be like, they're seen as like scavenging, really. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and I sort of wonder why they don't. Dude, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm skeptical, but I do think perhaps they don't do that because they're worried about losses. Um, maybe, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah, it could just encourage people so much more though if it looked more appealing, I suppose, and and that would just help save more waste, surely. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think it's a um, win all round, you know, because I think actually that's a difficulty, isn't it? Is that sometimes people don't want to buy stuff past its best before date because it's got a bad rep or, you know, um, 
this sort of panic about what am I going to do with it or it doesn't look as grey and yeah. you know and I think that's been a big contributor to food waste anyway sort of um, everything having to be symmetrical and look perfect and you know be a certain colour that a lot of time is artificial yeah know? I think it is getting better but I think there's still a lot of work to be done to make sure people know what the difference is between best before dates and use by dates and stuff like that because people think that best before means it's off once it's yeah. gone past but you know if it's a packaged product that's stored at room temperature and it's got a best before date on it um there's there's nothing wrong with, like it doesn't know that it's uh, out of date tomorrow or technically out of date in inverted commas um it's just a quality indicator. Use by is obviously different because that does indicate, you know, um, a safety issue potentially. But um, I think more people need to know about it, and maybe it needs needs rebranding or re re um, re-terming or the, the de- definitions need changing to make it clearer to people that you know if you buy something um, that's got a best before date on it, it doesn't go off the day that 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 date is passed. You know, it's it, it's silly really, but. Um, I think more needs to be done to to make sure people are aware of that. Shout out to Approved Food, by the way, who were one of the trailblazers in selling past Best Before Date. Yeah. Andy and the team, they've been doing it for years. Have you heard of them, Laura? Oh, <laughs> I have, actually. Yeah, yeah, I have heard of them. I think I might follow them on Instagram. And, um yeah, yeah. They the ones and their taglines is something like, something like health and waste or something Some, like that, if I'm thinking. Yes, yeah, I think it's something like that, yeah. But they, um, yeah, they've they've been doing it for years, selling past best before date stuff and crisps and all this kind of thing, and trying to educate customers. So it was uh, the owner Andy that actually was trying to persuade us to sell past best before date, saying, you know, why don't you do it? We were like, oh, I don't think people are ready and all this kind of thing. But it turns out people definitely are. And well, what was Mister Sainsbury's response, then, Paul, when you sort of? Not nothing really, but they did. Uh, they did ask me how we get away with selling past best before date, um, and I said, uh, I just said, look, we're just open and honest, and we're surplus food retail, so people are ready for that anyway when they come and buy from us. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I can't see retailers doing it to be honest. Um, I wonder if that's the difficulty is that there's not enough faith in consumers, you know, because I Maybe. remember sort of having this row in Holland and Barrett, sort of long story short, it ended up with me like emailing the CEO because um, I wanted to buy this milk that was this oat milk that was past its best before date and they wouldn't yeah. sell it. And, um, you know, and I mean, eventually they did sort of um, make changes when it comes, you know, and agree to sell stuff past their, it's best before day. Yeah. But that took me as sort of as a consumer to really argue the point. And I wonder whether sometimes sort of retailers are a bit fearful thinking, well, we can't do that because we'll lose custom or customers don't want it. Yeah. When actually, I think you need to have a little bit of faith in customers yeah. and the public. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, some I think I see it the odd time in you know like places like I don't know if you have it in London like Heavens and Fulton Foods and B and M sometimes do it. They, they um they do sometimes sell past best before date. I think I don't know if they do it intentionally. Um, cause it's just some... a matter. Of, it's just a matter of communication. I think. I mean, we, yeah. we we're on the internet, so we can you know update a product listing and make yeah. sure it's as clear as possible i suppose in a shop you've got to do more to to draw people's attention to it so maybe that's their fear like you say that consumers um 
might there might be a backlash if they if it's not 100% clear what what they're getting but it's it seems like quite an quite an easy win for me you know they use yellow stickers to draw people's attention to reductions why can't they mm. use a similar system or a bright color or whatever it takes to to draw people's attention to the best before date and the fact that it's absolutely fine absolutely so i mean okay so my last question is what food changes would you want to see in the world what food changes i mean i've got loads uh, packaging wise that i want to see um like you mentioned earlier james what like um bananas and stuff in plastic packaging what did i have the other week it was doing my head in it's just so much plastic it was ridiculous it's just like it was uh i think it was like apples or something and it, it was just like what is this all about just loads of it like a plastic wrapper and then plastic tray and stuff for fruit I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, but in terms of food, um, I don't know really. Laura, you got me on that. That's a good question. I think well, I, I think you that counts. Much answered it with the packaging. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Also, I think that definitely counts. Yeah, um, I think um, more. You know, like I said, best before dates. More, more people, uh, more customers, um, clients selling, clients, retailers. You can tell it's uh, coming six o'clock. I'll be working all day. Um, yeah, more retailers being open to it as a, as a means to reduce food waste, definitely. Yeah, packaging's a massive area. I think, um, I think you know, we, we we see things, and I suppose we we cut out that thought process of why is it in that packaging. Sometimes, you know, we might be a little bit not not aware of the reasons for it. But you know, you look at stuff like toothpaste. I know it's not food per se, but it's in your grocery shop. And it's quite often in a tube within a cardboard box, and you sort of think, well, that tube could stand up on its own. Why, why does it need a, a cardboard box around it and stuff like that? So I think that's a big one. But I think in general, like you know, we're, it's very relevant at the minute because we've just had COP26 and all that sort of thing. And I think we need to find a way to make sure our food industry is not contributing so much to the you know the crisis that we've got with our planet, really. Um, I think, you know, I think the food industry needs to be more planet focused, um, which might mean a little bit less profit focused um, and less wasteful um, because, you know, we expect our shelves to be filled 24 hours a day and we expect to have, you know, uh, 25 different varieties of um, pasta or whatever it might be that we want to buy. and I think maybe for the, the sake of the environment, we need to we need to rethink that and um, for things to be more focused on giving people what they need and giving them enough choice, but not in a way that creates so much waste and so much damage, really. Yeah. 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 And we, we have too many choices anyway, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some some retailers are, are better than others for it or, or worse, whichever way you want to look at it. But you go into some and the, the, cho- the amount of choice is... Uh, incredible. That's why Aldi have nailed it. I was in Aldi last night. They didn't have croutons. I said, "Do you sell croutons?" I says, "We don't sell croutons." It's like they just keep. It's minimal, isn't it? They keep. Uh, yeah, but if you if you go into another, market, if you go into another big retail, you you'll know, have a load store. They'll have you know ten different types of croutons probably. That's why I just thought. Oh well, yeah. Like, oh, go on, sorry, Laura. No, I was just thinking. Well, you know, and then you could just take your sale bread and make your croutons. Well, there is that. Absolutely. In fact, you no, know we use we use garlic bread. Instead, yeah, I, I didn't bother going to Tesco to find croutons. We yeah, we ended up using garlic bread, funny enough, which is actually really nice. Um, it, you know, it sounds amazing, but it's just like, 
with hearing Tinternet, I've been waiting for one of you guys to say garlic bread. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love garlic bread. Garlic bread. I've just thought, I hope if someone from Costa's listening to this, do you know that, do you buy Tassimo pods? Uh, I don't know, but I know what you mean. Yeah. They come in this big glossy bag, and which is like, she's can't re- you can't recycle it. it why? I don't want to see it does my head in. That was the thing I was moaning about the other week, James. And it, and mm. I just and then it comes in like a, there's like a cardboard holder for it inside. It's like just make it cardboard. It doesn't need to be a glossy thing just because it's it's not even coffee really, is it? So stop trying to make it like dead glossy and highly processed plastic. I don't understand it. it annoys me, Laura. Things like that no. <laughs> take me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. I'm wondering, we should have a segment, shouldn't we? And it should be like, yeah. you know, like your pet peeve waste. I'm trying to think what's... So I think, all right, so if I'm going to have a moan, my moan would be about carrot batons. Do you know, oh, yeah. Like pre-cut carrot batons. Yeah, because, like, they're really wasteful. They don't taste very nice, you know, like... And it takes about 30 seconds just to cut them up yourself. You don't yeah, need to yeah. cut them up, just... Eat it like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like carrots, so I couldn't say anything there. But I, I know what you mean. And, and, and Pringles, well, I, I watched um, Hugh Fernley Wittenstall on the program the other day saying Pringles is the most unrecyclable product ever. And they've um, they've changed now, and I think they've gone fully 100% cardboard. And it, But it was ridiculous. Like, I'd like a ring of like metal around it, plastic. Just Yeah, so that's, that's one good step in the right direction anyway. Yeah. I think you've definitely highlighted a, a, a massive issue there, um, there, Laura, which is, you know, um, we we just crave convenience more and more, don't we? Yeah, um, definitely. You know, we, we were talking to, um, we did we do our own podcast very occasionally, and we were, we were talking to a, a sport and exercise expert, and, you know, he explained how we've sort of evolved to, to just um, want to be comfortable and want the least hassle and most convenience possible. Whereas we used to have to go and hunt and gather for our food, we now uh, we don't have to do anything really, and you know it's getting more and more that way. If you ask me, and any sort of way that people can think of processing a product to make it more convenient, um, people seem to seem to lap it up. So, like you say, I think we need that shift towards. It doesn't take that much, that long to cut a carrot carrot up, does it? No. You know? no. No. Uh, <laughs> no, unless you're Paul, who's marrying no. them. <laughs> I might be cooking for someone else, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. No, absolutely. Um, oh, I could talk to you too all night, but I'm mindful that you probably need to go home and uh, power through peppers or whatever it is that you're having for dinner. <laughs> Green beans. I, tell you, I actually grate my carrots into shepherd's pie. I don't like carrots, so I actually grate it in it and it disintegrates. And you still get the nutrition value for it. So there you go. Yeah. To anyone that doesn't like carrots, there's an idea for you. That's what carrot I like. cake as well. <laughs> carrot cake, carrot yeah. Cake. I love carrot yeah. cake. Love it. <laughs> I mean, that is a really good idea. And I think that is a great tip as well, isn't it? Is, you know, finding a way of sort of being able to, I don't know, eat something differently. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I will eat, ra- I eat radishes. But I'm not a massive fan, but roasted, I love them, you know. So I think sort of, um, yeah, definitely diversifying food as well. We're trying it in a different way. Yeah, we need to have different habits, don't we, overall, I think, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think we definitely need to challenge some of our sort of habits, don't we, and practices that we've got into. Yeah. Um, James, what are you having for dinner tonight? 
Um, I'm not sure. Probably something quick because um, we're both back late um, this evening. So I think it's going to be an oven, an oven job, maybe a pizza or something like that. In fact, no, I'd tell a lie. We've got some, um, we've got some vegetarian corn spag bol that we made last week, and we've got um, some left. So that's in the freezer. So we'll warm that oh, up. Nice. Actually. Oh, do you know what? We're like food twins. I have got leftover uh, vegan spag bol that I made last week, and I'm having it tonight for dinner. There you go. And so, if people want to find you, uh, your products, the podcast, where's the best place to look? Uh, so we're on, uh, you can search for Food Circle Supermarket on social media. Um, we're called that on pretty much everything, I think, Paul. Am I right there? Yep. Um, uh, apart from Twitter, where it's Food Circle UK, because you can't have a longer handle. Uh, and then our website is foodcirclesupermarket.co.uk, or you can just type Food Circle into your search engine and we'll generally be number one. So uh, so that's how you can find us. And our podcast, which we've not recorded an episode for ages, which we need to get back on with. Uh, it's called Business Life. So we talk to people about their experiences of starting and running businesses um, in all different walks of life, really. Oh, well, I've loved speaking to you both. It's been so much fun. Me it's too. A pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Great. Thank, you. Thank you, Laura. Oh, you are very welcome. I'll let you know what I think to Pumpkin when I try it. I'll put it on our Instagram. Yes, 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 do. Yeah, we want a live video. <laughs> I'll give that a go. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Laura. Raiders, I feel like I didn't stop giggling through that episode. I don't know if it's the menage a trois or the garlic bread. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, those guys bring so much energy and enthusiasm when it comes to surplus food. Food Circle Supermarket sounds great. And it's incredible just listening to the changes that they're making in their daily lives, whether it's pushing through peppers, pondering on pumpkins, using less plastic, eating more of a plant-based diet. It's really inspiring to hear what they're doing professionally and personally. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. If you did, please take a few minutes to rate, review, share and subscribe. It will really help draw in listeners. Until next week, Raiders, take care. Bye.